So here's what we need to do. We need to practice this together. Because some of you, you're like, I grew up in a quiet church. And we love quiet churches. We're just not that church. And so I want, I want to help you engage with what it looks like to call on a speaker. You've never done this before, perhaps. But I, we're going to do this together. You ready for this? Yeah. Now, if you've been around church a long time, maybe you grew up in the days where there was hankies and waving and different things, you might say an amen or a hallelujah. I'm going to get you to practice one of those on the count of three. You ready? Just pick one amen or hallelujah. One, two, three. That was good. Some of you are like, that's a little bit too religious for me. Okay, so we're going to go with another level. All I want you to do is stretch a wow with me on three. It looks like this. One, two, three. Wow. Right? Stretch a wow with me on three. One, two, three. Wow. That's very good. Well done. And finally, uh, that's Pastor Troy. Yeah. Uh, and finally, I want you to just say so good. I mean, just keep it simple. Just so good. One, two, three. So that's a little strong. I feel like you need to lean into that with a little more like heart. The so good, save the, save the so good for like something that was like tender. That was a little heavy, I found. Use the wows in the big moments, yeah. You use the so good when it's hard. Okay, you ready? So good. Like I just said something really, ready? One, two, three. So good. That was so good. I'm excited for this. With no further ado, would you welcome to the stage this morning our very first communicator, Miss Alana McClellan. <laughs> My name is Alana, and I have the privilege of serving as the captain on the cafe team. Now, if there's one thing I want you to know, it's that I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that I'm standing here, having been asked to speak to you. Honestly, it's nothing short of a miracle. There's a few people I want to honor this morning, because there is no way I would have gotten here if it wasn't for our pastors, Shane and Rachel, and their courage to launch this church and to let me be a part of it. And my leader and my dear friend, Bailey, who has just consistently seen the champion in me. Just over five years ago, I was in a season of turmoil. I needed to quit my job, but I was so frozen in fear that even though I knew it was the right thing to do, I was afraid to move forward because there was nothing better in sight. I was on the phone with my dad, and he recommended that I read Romans 8. So I opened my Bible for what was the first time in years, and verse 18 jumped out at me right away. Romans 8, 18, and 19 read, I consider that our present sufferings are nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. For creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. That verse hit me hard, and it still does. There is glory to be revealed in all of us, every single one of us. It might look different for each person, but it needs to be seen. Fast forward, oh, sorry. <laughs> Here's a glimpse at what my reality was at that time. I was battling depression. I felt worthless, and I didn't think I had anything to offer. But when I read that verse, God spoke to me that it didn't matter what my situation was. It didn't matter where I had been or what I thought of myself. I was a child of God, that he chose me, and he was actually eagerly waiting for me to be revealed. So whether I was ready or not, I just needed to take a step closer to him. Fast forward to a handful of years later. I am growing in my faith, I am loving my church, and I'm serving consistently. My leader presents me with the idea of becoming a captain on the cafe team, and my pretty much immediate response was, no, 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 I'm not ready for that. Um, but I can serve more frequently, and um, ooh, and I can start to buy the milk on the weeks that I'm serving. Ooh, I can get the coffee from you ahead of time, and then that way you don't need to come early. 
time. Oh, and training. I would love to help with training. So when new people join, I got it. Fast forward a few more months, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to be a captain. And she basically said, well, you're pretty much doing everything already, so let me give you this one other thing, and we can set some goals for what's next. As I look back, one thing is very clear. I never felt ready, but I kept on being willing. This, this is the theme that has run throughout the last five years as I grow closer to Jesus. I've never felt ready for the places I end up. But I think that's just it. God's plan for us is so much greater than anything we could come up with on our own. So I don't think we'll ever feel ready. I think our readiness is based on our willingness. So what's that thing you don't feel ready for? What's that thing that makes you think, oh, I just need to do this one other thing first? For me, I felt like I needed to get my life on track before I could come to church or come back to Jesus. But the reality was I needed Jesus before I felt like I was on track. There's something really courageous about taking a next step because it's not just about you. There is someone in your life who needs to see God's glory revealed in you. And the best part is that it's God's glory. So it's not depending on what you've done or what you think you could do. He's not asking if you're prepared. He's just asking if you're willing. So what's your step forward? It doesn't need to be big. It could be asking for prayer today or just coming back to church next week. I am a completely different person than I was five years ago. Now, don't get me wrong, I still struggle with a lot of the same things I did before, but the struggle is different because I've seen God show up and move in my life before I was ready, so it keeps getting easier to say yes because if he's done it before, I know he'll do it again. I am so thankful for what God has done in me and what I've seen him do in us, and I am so excited to see what happens as those of us who feel unready continue to show up and be willing. And as those of us who feel unsure say, God, I don't know if I'm there yet, but I am all in. And as those of us who feel unprepared continue to step out of our comfort zones and into our calling, God chose you. He has a plan for you. And you don't need to be ready for him to put it into action. You just need to be willing to let him. Morning, Resonate. My name is John Castillo. My wife, Megan, and I, we've been a part of Resonate for one year now. And, uh, oh man, we've had the honor of serving with you guys on Next Steps, worship, ushering, co-leading a small group. And what's crazy about that is that one year ago, I was in those seats, and I never thought I'd be doing any of those things, even less speaking to you on stage. See, I grew up in church like many of you. In fact, my parents are pastors. But by the time I hit my 20s, I took my life into my own hands. I, was, I made so many mistakes. I was heavy into the party scene. I was doing all kinds of drugs. I was selling drugs. I went through an abortion that was a trigger for a lot of my pain and a lot of self-hate. And a year ago, I would have never been able to say any of that to you guys here, but in this place and in this community, God has been freeing me of my past, letting me know my mistakes are not who I am and that he loves me. And I just want these five minutes to say that if God can take a mess up Hispanic kid like me and use me for his purpose, he can do something in you. There's no mistake too big for him. He loves you. And I'm standing here because of God's incredible pursuit of my life. He took me from that dark place and made me his son. 
And I just want to honor Jesus for that and give him glory for that. But when we first came to Resonate, we uh, got plugged into Pastor Troy and Rachel's small group. It was our first uh, opportunity to say yes to something, and that was the biggest decision that made all the difference in us, and just to let people into our lives and do life together. Fast forward a bit, and I opened up to Troy about fears in my life I wanted to grow in. Uh, just like being more vocal, public speaking maybe, I don't know. Um, and because uh, all my life I grew up thinking I was made introverted, that that was my purpose on earth. And uh, what did Troy do? The next day he had me lead the men's small group at a Starbucks. <laughs> and after that, just slowly, like all these little challenges unfolded either from him or someone else that would help me grow little by little. Like playing bass after 15 years of not playing bass. And uh, it was funny, the first time I played bass, I had zero emotion on stage. It was hilarious. And at practice, Beck would be like, guys, show emotion, bring that energy on Sunday. But she'd be staring at me when she would say that. And it's so funny. And slowly I started to release those fears. And now, like, I'll jump with my bass on stage. I don't care anymore. And I started saying yes to all these things I never knew that I could do because the passion was ignited in my heart to do all the things that. Jesus loves and that he's passionate for. Because people need to, people need us to take a chance and, and take a step and make a difference. People need to hear your story so they can be encouraged. There's people's lives and freedom that are depending on us saying yes to God's call. And we see this in the story of Esther. Long story short, this is king. His name is Xerxes. He holds a beauty pageant for a new queen. It's kind of like the bachelor, Bible style. And Esther wins. <laughs> And in this scene, Esther's uncle challenges her to say yes to God's call for the sake of her people who are in danger. And it says, don't think that just because you live in the king's house, you're the one Jew who will get out of this alive. If you persist in staying silent at a time like this, help and deliverance will arrive from someplace else. But you and your family will be wiped out. Who knows, maybe you're made queen for just such a time as this. See, Esther had a choice to make, to speak up and address the king at a time you couldn't address the king without his permission. Or be, or be silent, and then her people will be wiped out. Esther stepped up and said yes to the challenge. She understood this was bigger than herself, and that God would rise up someone else for his purpose if she said no. So she made God's passion her priority. And I asked, what would happen if you made God's passion your priority? To desire to be there for others, to love people unconditionally. See, all this time, I misunderstood what it is to have passion. I thought it was public speaking, being extroverted, or even success sometimes but it's your heart position and what drives you to act. I always thought I wasn't good enough. I always thought I didn't have that leadership gene, but leadership isn't a gene. It's, a, it's just the courage to show up and take that chance. It's the courage to speak up. It's the courage to open up about every part of me, and not just like the good parts, but the bad stuff too, so I could be loved, known, and challenged. And I believe there's a leader inside each and every one of you. But what's God asking you to do? What's that thing that stirs you up inside? And what's that change around you you wish would happen, but you're just waiting for someone else to act? Or what's that lie that keeps you believing you couldn't run with passion and be that change? Maybe it's the same thing that I believe, that I made too many mistakes, that I'm not a leader. And I believe each one of you has been strategically placed here in this moment for a reason, just like I was exactly one year ago. And just like Esther, I believe that you've been made a queen for this moment. Guys, you've been made a king for this moment. You're not here by mistake. You've been made for such a time as this. I got seven seconds left. That's all. Just do something. Love you guys.
Good morning, church. My name is Andy. How you doing? I'm one of the uh, captains in our worship team. I'm so excited to share with you this morning. Firstly, I am a Kiwi. I am from New Zealand. I am not Australian. I am, I'm not Jess's brother. Uh, they would say, where's the car? We'd say, where's the car? Very distinct. Um, very different. Um, so my wife and my wife Jamie and I, we've been living in Canada for about a year and 10 months now, and we absolutely love it here. We're so excited about what is happening in our community, in our church, and in our lives. Before I go any further, I just want to honor uh, our pastors, our lead pastors, Pastor Shane and Rachel. I think what is happening here at Resonate is an absolute miracle, and I'm so glad that you said yes to the call of God on your life. We're so thankful for you. So I'm going to jump right in. Are you ready? We're going to read from Numbers 14, 6 to 9. It says this, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land that we pass through is, is exceedingly good. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone. The Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. So Moses has just led the Israelites to the promised land, and as they stand on the edge, he sends 12 spies to scope it out. And 10 come back, and they say, hey, Moses, look, the land is it's awesome. It's just like God promised. There's only one problem. There are giants living in the land. Imagine thousands of Pastor Troys, super tall, <laughs> moderately strong. We can't, we can't beat them. And then there's these two guys, Joshua and Caleb, and they're like, no, 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 no. We can take them. We can beat them because the Lord is with us. And what I love about this story is that Joshua and Caleb are ready to walk in God's promise together. Do you have one of those friends that's always got your back? Like, all I need to say is, you got this, bro, and you're all in. I have a friend like this. My name's, his name's Jordan, and uh, he just needs to give me a fist bump or like a manly nod, and I'm all in. I'll jump from waterfalls, I'll backcountry uh, snowboard, I'll crush job interviews, I'll ask girls, a girl to marry me. <laughs> it only happened once. But there's something really powerful that happens when you have your we. It takes having a we to overcome fear, to overcome obstacles, and to walk in God's promise for your life. Watch this, I love it. It says, Joshua and Caleb tore their clothes. They tore their clothes together. I feel like if you've got a friend that's going to overreact with you, then you've found your we. You know, people ask us, Andy, why did you come to Canada? Um, and honestly, it wasn't a very powerful story. We, we just thought it would be fun. But I think the better question is, why did you stay? Yeah. You know, we're currently in the process of applying for our permanent residency. <laughs> And uh, we're expecting our first child in December. And you might be thinking, well, why go, why go through all of that? Why put yourself through that? And it's because we found our we. We got plugged into our community. We found an R group. You know, I joined the, the worship team, and they saw purpose for my life. They didn't want anything from me. They wanted everything for me. 
And was it easy? No. I used to be the nervous kid. I used to have a bowl cut, okay? But it's so worth it. So in just a few weeks, we're going to launch our Resonate groups. And if you're anything like me, you're thinking, well, that's for them and that's not for me. But I believe you're standing on the edge of a promise from God this morning. And maybe God is saying to you, maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, who is your we? You need someone to stand beside you and to say, come on, let's do this. Let's link arms. Let's do this together. You have calling on your life. You have purpose. You have a promise from God. There is more for you this morning. And I believe that if you would find your way, come on, it's too important to give up on and to do alone. Thank you so much. Group's leadership team. I just want to give a big shout out to our group leaders this morning because they are continuously looking for opportunities to foster relationships and find connections. And as someone who has traveled across the world and landed here at Resonate Church, groups have been such a place of belonging for me. So, group leaders, thank you for all that you do. And let's take a look at 1 Timothy 6.11. Verse 11 says, So chase after true justice, holiness, faithfulness, love, and tender humility. In life, there are so many things that we chase. And here is Paul, an older, wiser, and more experienced leader, saying to his prodigy Timothy, Hey, Timothy, there are a million things that you could chase after. But looking back at my life, these are the things that I wish I had chased. Holiness, justice, faithfulness. Growing up, I had a great foundation. I'm one of four kids, and I would say that we're all passionate and driven because of the independence that our parents instilled in us. Not only did I have my immediate family, but I had a church family who encouraged and cared for me right from the beginning. Think of it as if I'm rock climbing. I have the harness on. It is secure and it's tight, and I have some of the best cheerleaders on the ground preparing me for my climb. And I start that climb one foot in front of the other. But it isn't too long until I start noticing that there are people going in different directions, that they're finding success on other paths. And so that's where I start playing that comparison game. Why is my path so different from theirs? What am I doing wrong? And being the strong, independent girl that I think I am, I'm pretty determined to take my own steps forward. I don't need to listen to the guide below. And I become completely absorbed in my own thoughts and in my own insecurities. And it gets to that point where things are becoming a little irrational. And the guide is telling me, just relax, I've got you. And all I'm thinking is, dude, you're not the one up here suspended in midair. And right there in that moment, I was in a place where I saw that my identity and my worth was in my work that it was attached to my achievements, to the way that people esteemed me. If I had that job title, if I had that label on my badge, then it validated who I was. And I was investing so much into my job, yet I was feeling confused, frustrated, and angry. 
And how often do we find ourselves sitting in our feelings? Maybe we're feeling unqualified or we're feeling unappreciated. And these thoughts, they spiral out of control and we find ourselves sitting in our feelings, withdrawing and keeping ourselves isolated. Work had become something that I had put on a pedestal, something that nothing could compare to. When I was asked if I could help with something at church, I never had time. I had become completely absorbed in my climb. I was climbing, but I was missing the view. Sure, I had the harness on, but I was clipping on these extra attachments. I was clipping on validation. I was clipping on perfectionism. I was clipping on worldly successes. Things that I thought were helping me on my climb were in fact weighing me down and clouding the view in front of me. Those feelings, oh, sorry. But on my climb, I continued to hear the guy below telling me to trust him, that he had my next step, that although I might not know what's going to happen next, I had to let it go, I had to release and surrender it. And so I chose to stop, to take a breath and let go of the wall. And you know what, that harness that I had on, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It held me in place. It supported me right where I was. And isn't it funny that we can get ourselves so worked up that if we only just surrendered it to God, we too could feel that incredible release. Because those feelings that I had, I couldn't just dismiss them. But what I could do is I could decide what I did with them. I could decide to stop and not let my emotions dictate my behaviors. I could decide to stop and not let myself compare my climb with others. Paul says to Timothy to chase after it. He doesn't say to walk. He says chase, run hard and fast. So what is it that you are chasing for? What, are you, what clips are you attaching to your harness? I want you to replace Timothy's name with yours. I want you to see that this is your race to run that we can move forward from what is in the past and chase, run hard and fast for what is true. Thanks, guys. Good morning, church. If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is Rachel Dole. I serve on our creatives team and alongside my husband, Pastor Troy. Troy, it's an honor to lead and love next to you. Thank you for being my greatest cheerleader. I love you. Pastor Shane and Rachel, thank you for giving me the honor of being on this stage and holding the mic this morning. It's not only an honor to be doing this this morning, it's also an incredible honor to be standing on the stage with these four incredible speakers. Church, can we give it up for these speakers? Okay. Let's go. We only got five minutes. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and in earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but I want you to know that God is able, even when he doesn't answer our prayers the way that we want him to, and that his comfort is enough. Six months ago, on February 23rd, I had a dream stolen from me. Shortly after Christmas, we very unexpectedly became pregnant with our fourth baby. <clears throat> the moment I realized there was a baby, 
growing inside of me, dreams took place. I had prayed for this baby, and I believed that God had given me the desires of my heart. On February 23rd, our baby went home to be with Jesus. I remember the days after losing our baby, feeling as though I couldn't speak, that I had missed God, I had failed, and I would never be the same again. Resonate? I want you to know that God does not leave us, and he does not forsake us. And when we choose him in our deepest pain, he will turn our greatest pain into his victory. I remember the Sunday morning, the first Sunday after losing our baby, coming into church and standing on the front row during worship. I stood right there, and I remember the lie that started to creep in, that I, my pain was too big for this room, that they couldn't handle it, and that I had made the biggest mistake and should have stayed home that morning. But choosing in that moment to choose Jesus when it didn't feel right, that it didn't feel comfortable, and choosing to worship him when I didn't feel it, but I knew who he was. (sighs) Those days taught me that not by my strength, but his strength alone. That when we feel we have nothing, we can lead, we can love, and we can see people. Resonate? Thank you for seeing me. Some of you, and you know who you are, made made space for these painful days for me. You made space in those days for you to share your own story of loss and show up for me and make it okay for me not to be okay. Those days were extremely hard for me, and sometimes I wanted to run and to sink into isolation. But you continued to show up. You left meals for me on my doorstep. You continued to love my family. And you demonstrated to me that in our deepest pain, God will always bring people to hold us up when we feel weak. Resonate, God is not looking for perfect leaders. He is looking for people who will leave space for him to show his glory in our brokenness. Our pain has purpose. I remember in the days after we lost our baby calling on his name, I'm still calling. I am still in this. But what I want you to know is what the enemy meant to take you out with, God will use to demonstrate his greatest glory. My story is not done and neither is yours. Maybe everyone in your world has failed you. Maybe you feel God has left you. Call on his name. He has never left you. He is faithful. You are surrounded, and you can stay standing in his name. Every single one of us will have to wage our own fight of faith. God has given us the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit is literally the word of God cover to cover, cover to cover, a story of redemption, a story of a name that is above every name, that when you're getting pressed on all sides and the enemy is attacking you, you can stand knowing that the darkness has to bow at the name of Jesus and that his name will have glory in every season of our brokenness. This is why Paul writes, he writes this, he writes, therefore he is exalted. He writes this so we know there is a power above what we are going through. When the enemy comes against you and says you don't have what it takes, that your marriage won't last, that God doesn't see your pain, you can stand firm knowing who you belong to. So I stand firm not in my name, but in the name of Jesus. When we abide in Jesus and stand in his name, anything is possible. 
resonate there is nothing impossible for our God he will heal your broken heart he sees that hurt he is standing in for your marriage this morning he you are called for this very moment with him and through him all things are possible Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you that there is glory to be revealed in all of us, as Alana said. Thank you, as John said, that there's no mistake that's too big for you. How Andrew talked about standing on the edge of a promise actually needing someone to say, let's do this. How Jess talked about the chase. Letting go of some things that are keeping us from seeing the view that you are elevating us to in this journey of faith. And how Rachel pointed to your strength and your comfort, your holiness, your deliverance your glory in the midst of every chaos. And so now, God, as we've heard from these friends, these leaders, we now just pause and ask you by your Holy Spirit to speak a customization of this word to our hearts. There's something today that just needs to land on our hearts. open our hearts to you, God. We open our hearts to greater courage, to a bigger yes, and to trusting in you no matter what happens. We're going to return into a time of worship. God, we are going to elevate your name and glorify you in this place this morning. We're going to lean in together. Come on, church, let's worship. There is a chasm that lay between us There was a mountain I could not climb In desperation I looked to heaven Spoke your name into the night And through the darkness Your loving kindness Tore through the shadow of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living Lord. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of angels sent down from glory to bear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me. Oh, 
with God through Jesus Christ, but there's something inside of you today that's saying, I need to take a step towards God. Today, I need, I need to take a step. The Bible actually defines the next step that you need to take as salvation and God actually undoing all of your past and forgiving you and bringing freedom and eternal life. God has already made his move when he sent Jesus to die on the cross. And today, the ball is in your court. Today, to take a move and take a step towards Jesus today that's where you're at in the room. God's been working on your heart today to say, man, I, I know that in my heart there's just, things aren't right. I need God to redeem, restore my life. Today you would say, I need to make that decision, either for the very first time in my life, or today I'm coming back to God. If that's you in the room today, I'm going to invite you to do something bold. And the way we do it around here is we won't center you out, call you forward, you don't have to stand up, no. I'm simply going to ask you to pray a prayer of faith with me because God saves you by faith, not by what you've done. But I do believe that you need to take a step that says, yeah, that's me today. And so in a moment, I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I'm going to ask you to just shoot your hand up in the air. And by raising your hand, you're, you're not saying I'm going to live my life perfect from this moment on. No, you're saying, God, I'm going to surrender my life to you from this moment on. If that's you in the room today, today you need to take that first step, that first step of wholeheartedly offering your life to God saying, God, would you save me? I believe today. If that's you in the room, would you just shoot your hand up on three? We'll pray together in a moment. Everyone in the room will pray together with you. If that's you, would you, would you, would you do that today and say, this is my moment. This is the day of salvation in my life. One, two, three. Would you just shoot your hand up just between you and God? 
So that's my decision today, God. I'm making, I'm making a bold faith move today. I'm taking this step. Whether you raised your hand in that moment or maybe you didn't but wanted to, today if you're making that decision, would you pray this with me? Come on, Resonate family, let's pray this together. From your heart, just say this. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life and choose to follow you. I believe you died and rose again. And in this moment of faith, my life changes. I give you control of my life. I was made for this moment, this life with you. I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, can we put our hands together for those who just prayed that in this place?